Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12 sided guys. We have Scott as Ornan. Out. Sylvanus. At your service. Sabrina as Sylvie. Oh, hello. Jordan as Magrim. You're most welcome. Matt as Guy. That is my name. Don't wear it out. And me, Paul, as the guy who already gave up on his New Year's resolution. TPK! TPK! <laughs> Come on, guys! Chant with me! TPK! 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 I'm sorry. You guys aren't supposed to chant with me. Boo! Boo! No TPKs! Boo! I can't believe you guys chanted with him! Like, what the f*** is wrong with you? I didn't do that! I just want to mention, go back and listen to that recording. I did not chant. Okay, alright. Well, maybe this... This will get you excited. Our patrons may have noticed something pop up on the 12 Sided Guys Patreon last week. For anyone who's not a patron, let me be the first to announce your neighbor's potatoes. Now, you may be asking yourself, <laughs> what is slash are your neighbor's potatoes? Well, it's our new after show exclusive to patrons at the $5 tier and up, where we chat about the episode that dropped that week. The first episode featured Matt, Scott, and Jordan discussing running into Jib Jab, fighting the Atiug, how long you should let meat sit before you just start cooking it, etc. <laughs> a few times a month, patrons will and casting, you know, spare the die or what was the what was the spell? What was the spell? I don't it was know. A gentle repose. Gentle yeah, repose, gentle repose, repose, on, your repose on, your, yes. on your steak. Anyway, a few times a month, patrons will get to hear us chatting about the episode's shenanigans, mysteries, and random thoughts that protrude into our streams of consciousness. So check it out. Your neighbor's potatoes. That's Thieves Cant for really awesome bonus content. Anyway, yeah, you your saying, neighbor's potatoes sure does pull a lot of weight in <laughs> Thieves sure Cant. I thought it was it? Thieves Cant for picking your neighbor's potatoes. <laughs> well, anyway, if you keep seeing TikToks about loofahs at the villages, America's friendliest hometown, but it just reminds you of a fortress of doom, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, episode 20. I know I've used that joke before, but last time I said Sinistrals, not Fortress of Doom. Fortress of Doom is the about. first one, Sinistrals is the second one. Are you talking about old people swinging? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hey, concerned. Right? Right is it old people you swinging? Are, you are. That's, you see that's golf Lufia, cards. right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It's Lufia or Lufia and the Fortress and the Fortress of Doom, but no, in, okay. in, in the villages. They'll put loofahs <laughs> on like their shop on their on their uh, golf carts or on their cars or on their doorknobs or whatever, and the different colors mean different things in the swinging community. It's, and if it's you did the, not know, the villages is America's friendliest hometown. <laughs> <laughs> the villages. So basically, it's a non-biodegradable <laughs> pineapple. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice. <sighs> All okay. right. <laughs> Sorry. It popped up in my feed like three times. <laughs> Swinging? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure the what villages... your, your feed is full of. <laughs> Why do I keep getting <laughs> I know. big booty girls? I don't, I don't want to see these. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
does this keep happening to me? <laughs> was that what he was talking about? Was that what, I know that was a joke, but anyway, regardless. Have you guys seen the guy who cranks Soldier Boy into inappropriate, like just is, songs in general? Or no, is that just me? No, oh. no but it sounds <laughs> Every amazing. Song that goes you, he'll just like crank it. In. It's really good. Never mind. I, uh, <laughs> oh, there awesome. was a guy over the holiday remixing like rap songs into holiday music, and oh, I, I love every single one of them. Oh, there <laughs> I ruined it. So that guy. Good. No, uh, oh, yeah, maybe. yeah. There I oh, yeah. yeah, there I ruined it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the best one is the uh, the old timey there. I ruined it for holler back girl or holla back girl. It was really good, and in fact, <laughs> it was so good that at the end he said, "There I made it, made it, or I don't know, there I fixed it, or I don't know something like that." Anyway, it was really, <laughs> really, good. really quick. Soldier boy that cranked that soldier boy. Apparently, my high schooler knows that song and like like they dance to it and stuff. Like they, it's popular. What? Oh, really? I know. They played it after one of her dance t- dance competitions, and everybody was like, "Oh!" And they like all knew the dance moves and everything. It's mm, gotta be like it. that slide to the left, slide to the right. <laughs> like you know, it's just like one of those things where it skips a generation. Cha cha, smooth. Everybody, clap your hands. Gosh, what a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, welcome back to Via Severia and the City of Redlam. Last time we were together, we joined our heroes, Magram, Sylvie, Guy, and Ornan, still in the Shrine of Sylvanus. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Sylvanus. Sylvanus. Still in the Shrine of Sylvanus. Really high having- up in the anus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to just raise the pitch like as high as you can right on anus. Uh, well, anyway, they had just finished defeating these um, large insectoid creatures uh, that kind of made everyone go a little crazy if you looked at them too long. Um, they, Our heroes took a little break. Uh, they spent some time with Arnold, their uh, their new ally, the druid, and, uh, and the dead body of Hubert, the hog who was slain. After taking 10 minutes for Magram to uh, cast a uh, some sort of a Kelimvor's blessing upon Hubert to preserve his body, uh, Guy and Sylvie were exploring the library. Sylvie decided to grab that book about the flora from between 300 and 500 years ago, whatever uh, that book was talking about. Uh, she slipped that into her bag as they continued to explore the shrine. As they headed down towards the dormitory, they heard a voice call out saying, stay away, I can't guarantee your safety or something of like to that matter. But our heroes still ventured down into the dormitory where they saw a figure dressed in dark clothing. Turning around, it was Jibjab. Jibjab then uh, touching the roots on the wall Jibjab was able to transport themselves uh, out of the room, uh, through the trees, and out into the forest beyond as a giant um, monster with three legs and long tentacles came crashing out of the foliage here in the room. A fight ensued. Uh, Some people got grappled and smacked and stabbed, and even Ornan got bit twice and is now diseased. He is losing permanent hit points uh, until he can pass a constitution save at the beginning of each day. After beating this creature, um, Guy ran out of the shrine to try to catch up to Jibjab, where he uh, spotted them up in a tree. Jibjab was going to leave, and then suddenly a bear uh, attacked Guy, but was shot down by Jibjab. 
what else did you guys talk about again? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, Guy brought up the idea of a shared vision as well as seeing their old companions way back in Oak Road, as well as the memory of Loida, which really seemed to get to Jibjab. But Jibjab still uh, traveled through trees further away from Guy as Guy lay um, underneath this dead bear. But I guess he was able to just, you know... Um, Guy's a fan of weighted blankets, so he stayed there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Guy was able to um, to pass between and get out from underneath the bear as everyone else came to join Guy. Some discussion was had, and then everyone moved back into town. Uh, as you were moving into town, you spotted this uh, square, and Magram noticed something strange about the statue in the middle of the square. It was an older woman. It looked surprisingly similar to one of the statues that they saw in the roadside ruins on their way into uh, into Redlam. This statue looked like the statue of the last queen of Oclaria, the previous kingdom that is now the Alaron Barony. And this queen's name was Saskia. This looked like the older statue uh, that was holding a shield. As you were investigating this statue, uh, I made everyone make a deception or a performance check. Guy and Magram were solid as a rock, but Ornan and Sylvie both turned their head as somebody called out, Wilhelm, giving away that yes, Guy in fact was Wilhelm Lionstorm. <laughs> I can't Best say name it. ever. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> this elf with black hair and dark skin came out to speak with you uh, and to tell you that he was a member of the Ravenstone clan, which you all recognized as a mob family, a, a crime syndicate of some kind here in Redlam, probably the biggest name in crime in the entire city. And he told you that he had someone that needed to speak with you uh, about a job. And that's pretty much where we left off. We are currently here still in this square. We have the statue of Queen Saskia, which is facing off towards the west, holding this large shield. We have Ornan sitting on a bench after emptying his stomach multiple times from his disease. And we have uh, Sylvie and Magram and Guy talking with this elf. If you'll please follow me. Come on, everybody. We're going to try his mother's mashed potatoes, I think is what we said. <laughs> I do love me some good old mashed potatoes. I hope they're buttery. <laughs> if you'll follow me, um, I will take you to my employers. And then he starts heading north. I'll say to everybody else, I don't really have a choice here. If you don't want to come with me, I totally understand. But I could use the company. And I will follow. I'll come with you. I love potatoes. There will not be potatoes. I'm so confused. Are you okay enough to handle this? As long as I can lean on someone, I can stand for a few more hours, but I should I should get a lay down pretty quick here. Uh, come with me, friend. It has been long enough. You each got a short rest if you want one. So go ahead and burn, hit dice, and get back whatever skills uh, you need. If we want mm. one. <laughs> if you want one. Yeah, I'm totally going to take one. Okay, so Ornan and Magram, are you guys going with Guy or are you heading somewhere different? Uh, I'll, I'll go with them, but I'm just trying to make it clear that I need to go to bed soon. 
Yeah, if if Ornan is going for it, then Guy will accompany him to try to make sure he at least has somebody alongside him. Your your name is Magrim. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Guy. He said Guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I don't have any clever retort to that. Um, <laughs> it is okay. Yes. We are changing characters for today. <laughs> well, that's my name. Don't wear it out. I, I, that's can't, pretty I, can't, good. I can't pull it out. That's pretty good. Now, my, I, I just want to... My max HP went down by one, right? I think so far it's only gone down by one. But okay. every morning that you fail your constitution save, uh, it will go down by D10 okay. again. Okay. Well, Bogram cool. will have some urine for him by then. Also, every morning there's a halo hanging from the corners of your girlfriend's four-post bed. But I... <laughs> I, know, I know it's not mine. <laughs> I was trying to say it, but I take it for a weekend or a one night stand. I know yeah. it's dumb, but I don't know this song. <laughs> I was trying to talk, but I was fighting a cough. I'm sorry, guys. Well, this um, this elf who still has not told you his name uh, begins moving north uh, through the city. Okay. Um. Guy, I suppose you can uh, will follow after you. Ornan, I'm happy to to be your your support. I appreciate that, my room. And I'll be your bodyguard. Sylvia will stand up. <laughs> Bye, Guy. <laughs> oh, Sylvia, you're too kind. Thanks. So just so everyone's aware, we're heading into a den of thieves, quite literally. This is the, the Ravenstone clan. They... They run a lot of the crime here in the organized crime here in uh, Redlam. Wouldn't it be Usually funny if I were contagious? To... Get them all sick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should start biting them. I don't know. That's how you got sick. <coughs> That's true. Maybe a little nibble here and there. <laughs> I just picture us having an important conversation and Magrum is crawling around, coughing, throwing up, biting people. When <laughs> <laughs> I say Magrum, I meant Ornan. Uh, oh, gosh. All right. It's okay. We're, we're switching names today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all over the place. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, I am going to move you guys over to the next map. Um, as you follow this elf, he takes you all the way uh, north, all the way to the uh, to the edge of the city where it meets up and butts up against the lake where the docks are. Um, you can see as you approach the docks, he approaches, he brings you to a point more on the um, eastern side of the docks. Um, but you uh, you get down towards uh, towards the the pier, and you can look down to the west, and you can see more docks stretching out into the lake and you can even see what looks like a you know, a large I'm doing air quotes a large ship there it is a uh, river vessel but it looks like Guy you have um, operate vehicles water correct oh, vehicles parentheses uh, 
water, yeah. So you would recognize this ship. It, it's a it's a river craft, but it, it's uh, it is able to go into the ocean at least if it stays close to shore. So this is going to be um, a relatively large ship for um, for this lake, um, and it has banners flying. You can see that on the top of the main mast, you see a flag blowing in the wind that is half green, half white. This looks like it is the Baron's ship, um, and you can see from this vantage point, you can look down and you can see that there are people moving about the ship. Looks like they're getting it prepped and ready uh, to set sail. Uh, so the Baron is, uh, he has not left for his meeting with the King yet, but it looks like they are, um, they are getting that all ready. As you approach this part of the docks, you see this is a more, uh, seedy is the wrong word. It's just more run down. It's not nearly as busy. Whereas further west down the docks, you see people loading ships and your boats and uh, hauling in uh, fish or crates from the local river travel, that kind of thing. Um, here, where you are at, uh, you see that there's a couple of old sort of dilapidated buildings. You can see that there is this, um, this kind of warehouse. Uh, as you approach, you see that there is a sliding like barn door on one end and then you, um, it's a tiered uh, wharf. So you uh, approach the, the lake and then there's a step down to another stone level. Then there's another step down onto the docks. So you are still sit standing up above the, the lake, but you can see this warehouse is built where you can access it from multiple floors on different sides. Um, and again, these uh, kind of rundown houses, you see a few people milling about here, but this elf uh, takes you uh, right down uh, the stairs towards the docks and anybody who wants to follow can, but um, he is waiting for you to approach. It seems like you're taking a little bit longer just because you've got Ornan is not feeling well. Um, he stops in front of this large uh, barred iron door. It looks like it leads under the city into the sewers slash storm drain uh, system under the city. Um, as you approach, he uh, reaches over and uh, puts a key into a little keyhole and then swings the door open. Uh, it moves on well-oiled hinges, making not a sound. And then he turns back towards you and he says, if you'll please follow me. And then he moves down uh, into the door and there's a staircase that descends further down uh, beneath the city. I'll follow. Everybody's going to follow. Yeah, I think we I think we all do. I guess we're committed. Okay. Yeehaw. As you walk down these stairs, uh, it goes down about 20 feet or so and then opens up into this large room. Uh, it's about 25 feet by 25 feet. You can see that the center of the room is actually, um, it's, it's like a waterway. You can see that there is um, kind of sludgy, stinky, stagnant water. Um, it looks like there's a pipe on one, uh, on the north side of this room that the water can flow out into the lake. There's a pipe on the east side. It looks like it's moving further into this system of, of pipes and rooms that uh, feeds the, uh, the, uh, the drainage system for the city. And there is a, uh, a pathway with... Um, it really quickly... While you're doing that, it's pretty dark in here for my character, so he's going to pull out a flare that he has in his satchel and kind of uh, light that up. It's his light cantrip, but I'm reflavoring it to be flare. So, Is that 20 feet? Yeah, it's 20 feet. 
Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, you light this up and now you can see what I'm describing as well. You see this um, this uh, kind of stagnant, stinky water. You see there's also a... Um, yeah, maybe you didn't want to see the actual floaters in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I regret this immediately. Oh. So you can, most, I expected it to smell worse, but... Maybe it's because my nose doesn't work right now. Well, the flare, I think, is burning some of the vapors as well. Oh, don't step there! Careful! <laughs> Sorry, I saw Mara move. <laughs> that, <laughs> right was the that was me. Oh, that was me. I thought I was moving Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you can see that to the south there is this tunnel, and you can see that there is like a channel that runs down the center of this tunnel, uh, moving water and sewage down uh, like throughout the city. Uh, as uh, this elf moves around uh, to the south, down through this tunnel, it opens up into another room. And in this room, you can see it also has this large kind of pooled area in the center with uh, like five foot walkways all around the room. There's a couple places where you kind of have to jump across to get over the sludge. You can see pipes feeding water in and pipes feeding water out. You can see there are some uh, wooden walkways that look like they're covered in slime and and just kind of slippery and gross. Uh, But you can also see in this room here to the south, now, at the end of this tunnel, uh, there's another tunnel heading off to the west, but there is a staircase on a, a small platform that goes further down under the earth. And the elf leaps across and is going to go uh, down those stairs. For this next section, I need everyone to make... Uh, well, actually, can everyone jump five feet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I was going to... Should be able to. Ornan can jump 17. Yeah, I, was, I don't I w- think that's an issue. I was going to say though, Paul, kudos for you when you made this map that you made you made all the water brown. I like, did make the water brown. This is yes. true. It is so gross it's looking. Disgusting. Honestly, so, I'm a little nervous to go below water leveled in here. It makes me nervous about the lake out there. Is all this just flowing into the lake water? Is there an outlet uh, for that lake? So uh can I tell you guys a story? Um I used to live in Portugal for a little while. And I was in the city of Porto, and I was looking down at the river, and I saw all these fish just swimming in place. I'm like, why are those fish just swimming in place against the flow of the river? Oh my God, and then no. I saw this little pipe sticking out into the water um, below, right below the surface. And um, my uh, my companion turned to me and he said, "This is why you don't eat fish caught in this river, because it was just dumping like stuff right out into the river." So. Yes. I mean, that this, sounds like this Vancouver stuff, Lake. <laughs> and this stuff does just flow Seriously. right out into the river Gross. or into the lake. Um, yes. So uh, the elf has descended down these stairs further beneath the earth. I'm heading down. You're heading down. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do this. Um, as you all descend further and further uh, down beneath the earth the stairs uh they head south uh you enter into this kind of tunneled um uh vaulted uh stairway that heads down for quite some time uh you're, you figure you're walking down not i mean it's probably less than a minute but it seems as you're moving slow the stones are kind of slick with with sludge and with age and just kind of uh the natural moisture poop. down here poop yeah you realize you are below the level of the lake right now and you can see there's this this like on the on the stones this is all built like this is all actually manufactured this is not a naturally occurring cave or anything like that Um, but you can see that the stones that make up the walls 
they are um, some of them are kind of glossy and wet so it seems like there is water that can still seep into this area but for the most part it's dry as you continue down the stairs you enter into this room. It is 25 feet by 25 feet. Uh, the first thing that you notice is that you enter kind of on the east side, but on the west side of the room, you see a couple of benches against the wall and you see a doorway. You see this little hall and then a door and sitting on the benches, you see two rough looking individuals. You see a woman with scars on her face and a mace across her lap. And you see a man who has an eye patch and he looks like he's cleaning his nails with a knife. Classic, um, you know, Ooh, classic bad, bad guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, classic bad guys. As you descend <laughs> down the steps, neither of these uh, two individuals stand up, but they both look at you and they look at this elf. The elf steps forward and he says to them, he says, Something about potatoes, because that's what we've established Thieves' Cant is all about. Uh, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what I was going to call these people. Give me a second. They're the Ravenstone clan. Um, he comes in and he's like, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. And they're like, you may go. <laughs> <laughs> they smile knowingly. He uh, So he steps up to these two individuals and he says, they're with me. It's okay. They're expected. And then the two of them just kind of shrug and sit back as the elf moves into the small hallway to open the door to the uh, to the west and into a different room. Is anyone following? I'm following. I'm the guest of honor, I think. Yeah. Yep. Let's go. As the door opens, uh, it's this heavy, thick oak door, but as the door opens, suddenly you hear laughter and talking and sort of the the clink of drink and uh, clatter of fork against plate, the the rolling of dice and uh, the cussing and spitting of, um, of a tavern, of a bar. Um, he, you enter into this 30 foot by 30 foot underground bar, for lack of a better term. There is a, a bar with... Um, uh, with mugs of ale, looks like there's a big uh, shelf along the back that's full of bottles of wine and booze. You can see people milling about here. They all have this kind of shady air to them. There is an old lady who that is just random old lady token. <laughs> <laughs> that is not who you think it is. Ask if we recognize her. I was pinging it. <laughs> Everybody here has like this air of danger and of mischief about them, except for one person. There is this there is this old woman. She's got to be at least in her 80s. And she is over um, uh, uh, just kind of uh, cooking away at this uh, at this four burner stove, um, making some kind of food for everybody to eat. Um, as you Wait walk a second. in, they all have an air of danger, even random men. <laughs> yeah, even the bartender. I, say, random I don't know. Man random man looks teeth. very jolly. As random always. man has an air of danger but the cook doesn't like I know what cooks are doing <laughs> that cook is doing more drugs than anybody else in this room combined <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I mean oh look at that's Math, so dude, not even <laughs> once. Oh, man. Okay. Um, the door closes <laughs> behind you as you enter this room. And yes, even the bartender has this. You, I mean, you see muscles. You see scars on his arms. Uh, it looks like he has, um, um, he's seen some things. But right now, he's serving up drinks. And uh, as you walk in, the elf, uh, he straight turns around and he uh, says to you, you all can wait in here. There was this show called Raven when I was a kid about a dude in Hawaii who was a ninja. Yes, a white dude in Hawaii who was a ninja. <laughs> there was so... this show called That's So Raven <laughs> when he... that was pretty great. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. All right, okay, so this, this elf turns to you and says, I have to go speak with the crows. I'll be back. You can mingle. And then he leaves the room. There's a door to the north that goes further into this um, into this uh, uh, collection of rooms, this hideout, this uh, this base of operations. And he leaves you alone in this uh, this small underground tavern full of seedy folk. What do you guys want to do? He starts looking around for the hand sanitizer. <laughs> you can see. I mean, he just came through some stuff. You see men and women uh, eyeing you guys uh, with passive perceptions uh, that are as high as they are. You see some looking at you greedily, some looking at you warily. You see a few looking at you um, uh, quizzically. And you see some looking at you with um, with hostility. Quick, quick question for you. Yeah. Um, so way back when I had first created Mogram for his backstory, um, mm-hmm. I had written up a little bit about like the Krahanest and how the people who were initiates would move into kind of three categories. Nighthawks, mm-hmm. night owls. Nighthawks were more military people. Night owls were like academics or people like that. And then mm-hmm. crows were the other group. And they were more like they became business leaders or intelligence gathering people. They worked in political circles, things of that nature. Is this okay. at all related potentially to that kind of stuff? Would would Mogram be you like... Make an- yeah, why don't you make an insight check? Okie dokie. Uh, 22. You find it odd that um, this elf left the room and said, I got to go talk to the crows. Okay. Like that, that. I'm really hoping one of them is Raven Simone. <laughs> oh, I would love to meet that. That'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are you guys going to do? You're here in this uh, this little tavern full of um, full of rough characters. I'm building the bartender up to the walks bar. over. Yeah, the bartender walks over to you all and he says, well, while you wait, what'll it be? Uh, something with a very high alcohol content to kill off any microbes that may have gotten into the glass. Uh, well, what's a microbe? Uh, all right, uh, that'll be <laughs> one gold. One gold? What? What? You got a problem with my prices? Per person or, or total? For, I'm for going to. I'm going to gold a hand, drink. I'm going to have my hand on the scepter, and I'm going to say, "Oh, come now! This isn't our first time visiting a place like this. I know you're just trying to get extra money out of the new guys, but it's all good. We understand." I'm going to try to per- persuade him to not charge us a gold a drink. Ah, hazing. I've heard of this. <laughs> Why don't you make a persuasion check? Uh, oh, that's a 26. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's huge. All right. Um, everyone make insight checks as this guy kind of, he kind of like, he kind of, he backs down. Make, make, a, make insight checks. Uh, Ornan got a seven with disadvantage. Mogram got a 16. Sylvie got a 12. And Guy got an 18. Uh, Guy and um, and Magram, you both re- realize people don't pay for drinks down here. So he backs down and he says, all right, five silver apiece. There's four of us. How about? Yeah, five silver, whatever. All right. He starts, he takes your two gold, your five, 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 and five, and he starts handing out drinks. Um, the uh, mugs are clay. They are beat up. Um one of them has a broken handle. You have to hold it with two hands instead of by like that by by the handle, um, and the the alcohol in it smells strong. Um, 
but you guys now have a drink and you guys can mingle or you can discuss what's going on uh, with your situation if you want to. Any idea what is going on? Orlin's going to shotgun the drink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also, um, so this all happened so fast that you didn't even... Well, Guy didn't even have a chance to uh, really explain what uh, what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For for lack of a better term, I have been blackmailed to be here. Whoever this man works for here in the uh, Raven... I keep wanting to say Feather Bottoms, uh, the <laughs> Ravenstone Clan. Um, they know who I am, and they want to make use of my experience. How familiar are you with these people? I've never worked for them before. I've avoided them at all costs. Do you know if they have any ties to the um, to the Inquisition? Typically, no. They. Um, I, I I wouldn't put it past them to sell somebody out to the Inquisition for money, but typically they are not the most law-abiding of people, and the Inquisition tends to be pretty much uh, sticklers for the rules. Well, not everybody in the Inquisition is sticklers for the rules. Um, it was interesting when the individual went back and said he was going to go converse with the crows. In the Krahanest, there are different factions and one of the factions was, at least when I was around, was known as the Crows and they were more in the business of information gathering and influencing the public opinion of people Um, and so I don't know that any of these individuals are going to be directly related to that but it puts me on my guard, to say the least it wouldn't be a huge leap for to think that somebody in the intelligence business would use that to turn a profit in an environment like this. Precisely. I haven't heard anything. Honestly, like I said, I've tried to avoid them. I think that's wise, and I think similarly, if, if it is a situation where they have leverage over you, there might not be much that we can do except placate them and then disappear as quietly and quickly as we possibly can. That's what I'm thinking. Honestly, the leverage is simply that they know my former alias. Well, let's try to leave it at that. Bartender, can I have another? Wait, so there's no mashed potatoes? (laughs) Well, you can go ask that old lady over there. Yes, there has been a lot of talk about potatoes. I am thoroughly confused. Sylvie's gonna wander over there and just ask for the the most mashed potatoes. It's like, oh, mashed potatoes! I got your mashed potatoes! <laughs> well, y'all, you're so- scaring us! <laughs> <laughs> I got them extra mashy! I know you like them extra mashy! Um, it looks like she's <laughs> making some kind of a stew of some kind. Something hearty and something um, relatively cheap. With, 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 with potatoes in there, yes. Yeah, with potatoes stew. in there, yes. Yes. So, so um, I will say this. You know how there are certain languages that are tonal in nature? Well, Thieves' Cant is potato-based. This <laughs> <laughs> makes so much sense now. <laughs> it is, it's all so clear now. You hear about languages that have like 20 words for snow? Well, this one, potato, means like 50 different things. 
Magram, as you guys are all talking, as you see Sylvie head off to talk with the woman, Magram, you spot um, this woman. Uh, she's slight. Um, she is uh, bundled up. She's got, it uh, looks like a, a sword at her hip. But as Sylvie walks past, you see her hand quickly dart out and reach back in. Um, Sylvie, what's your passive perception? It is... Oh, no. Perception? It's 10. Yep. Uh, what's everybody's passive perception? I know Magram is high enough. Ornans is also 10. Uh, Gies is 14. Okay. Gee, you also see this. Um, uh, Magram and Gee, you watched Sylvie um, get a little coin purse lifted off of her. Um, so, Sylvie. Aww. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to have you roll a d20, and that's how many gold this person manages to get from you. All right. They got four gold. Okay. That's fair. Um, as uh, Sylvia moves past, you see this woman kind of like settle back down on the on the on the stool and glance back over at the rest of you. Um, and she she recognizes that Magram and Guy saw what she did, and she I'm going to take over. an intimidating stance. <laughs> well, she yeah, I was going to well, say before, before you can do anything, she grabs a mug and she kind of raises it to you in a little salute and takes a sip. Um, go ahead and make an intimidation roll. With advantage if Magram's helping you. I'm still holding my scepter, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a 24. You, <laughs> you see... should not have given me this scepter, Paul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Um, you see her raise her glass in a toast, and then she goes to sip it and instant, and immediately like turns her back to you. Like You can tell that um, all that bravado, that was as much uh, bravado as she could muster before she had to avert her gaze from you. But she has not given the money back. All right. As you are all in here with your drinks, is anyone actually drinking? Oh, no, I'm not going to be drinking. Ornan is on his third. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that Guy is sipping a like like Guy is is I know you don't sip vodka, but he's sipping vodka. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Sylvie is because it's potato based. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. Sylvie is tearing into this soup, but she is sipping on the uh, the drink that the bartender gave her. I thought they okay. said this drink was strong. <laughs> <laughs> is he is Ornan like Legolas? Is he like, I think I'm starting to feel something. It's like tingling in my fingers. <laughs> At this point, I don't think that uh, Ornan, I don't think uh, being intoxicated can make him any worse than he already is. So I think or Ornan's like bulletproof right now as far as getting drunk. I'm nice. hoping that this uh, drinking might, you know, do something to the poison in me. You drink enough, you might throw up and then maybe you'll feel better. I was going to walk up to that girl and without getting too close, like maybe standing you know, more than arm's distance away from her, um, say, it's not a very nice way to greet newcomers to this place. Um, she kind of, sure, her back is to you, but she kind of like turns around and looks at you out of the corner of her eye. You can see that she is, she's not hiding her nervousness very well, but she says, you ain't one of us and you got to pay the toll. And who are you to extract the toll? She's like, I belong here. You do not. So pay the toll or, I mean, there, there may be some trouble. <laughs> trouble from you? She looks around the room. She's like, I have friends here. You do not. So why don't you head on back over to your friends and uh, we'll consider this a done deal. 
I'm going to I'm going to try and do something here. This may not I'm not very intimidating or anything here. So this this could be total dud. Are you wearing your plague mask? Yeah, yeah, and you also also still have Guy holding his uh, intimidating posture behind you. Yeah, he's got his plague mask, but he's wearing the yellow outfit, so it's they counteract each other. <laughs> Which, and you're by the way, holding the scepter, but it's kind of like a little bit flamboyant, and you're just kind of twirling it around. <laughs> you're like my daughter running around with her fairy fairy wand that has a star on the end. <laughs> exactly, I love it. <laughs> By the way, we're burning all these clothes as soon as we get out of here. <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly, it doesn't stink in this room. Well, I mean, it kind of does, but it smells of different things. It smells of, you know, sweat and food and alcohol and kind of unwashed bodies, but not the smell of the sewage that was uh, that, that preceded this chamber. Okay, Magram, what were you going to do? I was going to I was going to point to the scars on my face and say, "Do you know where these scars come from?" Your friend went to go speak to the crows, did he not? What? Want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> so I had her roll, um, and she rolled a natural nine. Um, you get the impression she is already intimidated by you guys. Um, she looks at your scars, and you see her trying to make things click in her brain. Um, and the only thing that she can make click is you have scars and you're still here. So you must be tough. So she reaches over and she grabs this little purse that was Sylvie's and she tosses it back to you and she says, fine, keep it. And then she turns back uh, around and starts drinking her drink again. Okay. That's, that's all I want. I'll go back and give that to Sylvie. And with everybody's passive perception, you see other people around the bar. Some of them look angry at what just happened. The people are watching. You see a couple of them are smiling and kind of like laughing and whispering to each other about this, uh, this little situation that just happened. As you all are in this tavern uh, and talking, trying to figure out what's going on, the door to the north opens again and your elven friend comes walking back in. Quote unquote says, friend. Quote unquote friend. He says, the crows are ready for you. Please follow me. And then he moves back through this door to the north and into the chamber beyond. I will follow. Okay. Holding onto my scepter. I love this thing. <laughs> I feel like I need to wrap it in like old leather so it doesn't look quite so regal. Ornan finishes his drink and then follows. Sylvie will follow holding onto her purse. I too will follow. And I'll hold on to my scepter too. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> As you guys move into the next chamber, you see this next Wait, chamber. Wait, don't forget is... Owen, and I think he may be passed out under a table somewhere. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm finishing this one. I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. Are you holding on to your scepter too? <laughs> You'll have to take this hand, Ornan. My other hand is full. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's oh so man. funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Your hand is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys move into the next chamber, you see this chamber is a little bit larger. Down the middle of the chamber is this, it's not one table, it's but like three or four long trestle tables that are all laid end to end. So it looks like this one really long table with these kind of mismatched chairs that are all placed underneath it. Nobody's sitting at the table right now, but it looks like this is some kind of conference room. Off to the right on the eastern wall, you can see that there is a small channel of this brackish brown fluid um, that is uh, moving through the chamber from one pipe into a, uh, on the south into a pipe on the north side of the room. And there is a doorway um, on that 
eastern wall, but there's a little a wooden like um, plank is set across this nasty water to get to that doorway. But on the left side of this room, you see that along the wall, there are all these bedrolls that are just kind of laid out, pillows and blankets kind of tossed over uh, uh, any which way. You see there's a couple of people in here just kind of sitting on their bedrolls, like laying back, having a conversation. When you come in, their conversation dies down. And as you move past them, it, uh, it picks back up again. And on uh, kind of in the center of I'm sad to see I missed the pajama party. <laughs> they look at you with um, blank slash slightly angry eyes. But on the in the center of this wall on the west side of the room, there is a, uh, a little hallway and an archway that opens up into another room beyond. And that is where your elven friend, quote unquote, uh, takes you. Um, as you step into this room to the west, you see that the floor is covered. It's still the same, like old stone, um, you know, not clean, uh, very, very old and aged, but the floor is covered with expensive carpets, mismatched carpets, but very expensive looking. You can see there are some uh, expensive like leatherback chairs uh, in the corners. You can see that there are lights and lanterns on the wall. Um, you can see that there on the west side of this room, there is a small dais and there are two thrones sitting on the dais. And then to the south, there's also a chamber, looks like a, a chamber beyond. It looks like some sort of a bedroom or something, but the door is mostly closed. There are a few people in this room. In one corner, you see this um, this woman in armor wearing a helmet, and she is chatting with a woman who is uh, younger but hooded. She is uh, she's small and uh, frail is the wrong word, but she's kind of waif like. They're both humans. Uh, they are sitting in kind of the southern corner of this the southern the southeastern corner of this room, talking. But your eyes are drawn to the two figures sitting on these two thrones uh, in this chamber. You see that there is a man sitting in one throne. He is a human man. He has a slightly receding hairline, uh, dark black hair. He's got thick brows, clean shaven, and sort of a knowing look on his face. He kind of looks like he might be the voice of Lego Batman. How did you know? <laughs> I didn't think it looked like him that much. Oh, it totally I was like, looks like it does. <laughs> I was like, AI, make me Will Arnett, but fantasy. And there he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then sitting next to uh, this man, uh, you see a halfling woman. She is uh, she is short, uh, as all halflings are. She is like petite features. Uh, if you were just looking at her from a distance, you might think she is a child. Um, but um, she is uh, she's got her hair done up in braids. She's wearing like an expensive, uh, you know, like a a vest that has like a high collar on it, and then it kind of hangs down like a like a, a duster that doesn't close in the front does that or does that make sense um she's wearing with like no nice, sleeves yeah no sleeves but she's wearing a dress underneath it right so she is uh she's dressed very nice and very posh so kind of like something like a fancy old lady would wear Sure, but she's not old. She's probably in her maybe late 20s early 30s and they are both sitting here um on this dais. The man speaks up and he says, "Eldarin, thank you very much." Uh, for bringing this friend to us. And then the elf kind of bows and then he steps off to the side and goes and sits in one of the chairs uh, that, that are around the room. The man speaks up again. He says, uh, Wilhelm, step forward. I'd like to speak with you, please. Um, I will go ahead and step forward and say, I'm the one who was formerly known as Wilhelm. Um, 
to what do I owe the honor of this invitation? He starts to answer, um, Magram, with your passive perception. As he turns his head, every once in a while, uh, the light of the torches flickers against his skin and you see the faint um, glisten of scar tissue uh, right around what? his neck and across his cheek. Um, it looks like this man has some old scars on his body, um, similar to Magram. Although they don't uh, seem to crap. be... They don't seem to be like thick or like um, like uh, really jagged. They seem very thin and very well healed. Um, so either he was able to afford like healing, uh, or um, or he never really got hit that bad um, during the Krahanest training that you went through. If he's a Krahanest, I mean, he may just have facial scars. That happens. It happens to people named crows a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Magram, you're, suspi- you're you're fairly certain your suspicions with your insight that you are you're correct that these at least this man uh, is connected somehow to Krahanest. Um, so the, uh, the the man steps down uh, off of his throne. He says, "Well, Wilhelm, or formerly known as Wilhelm Lionstorm, I'm Calum, and I am I am one of the crows here of the Ravenstone clan. Your reputation precedes you." It is an honor to have you here, and hopefully we'll be able to come to some kind of an agreement where you can do us a favor and we can do you a favor. I would, that sounds amenable. Or I would be amenable. That sounds okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's really crushing this. (laughs) As you're swinging your scepter around your head. Master. I'm directing directing the choir with my scepter as I say those things. He says, well, maybe pleasantries are not what's needed right now. Um, Wilhelm. Can I call you Wilhelm? Is there something else you prefer? It's honestly the greatest name I've ever come up with. Wilhelm Lionstorm. Yeah, it's sad that I don't use it anymore. So please, by all means, Mr. Lionstorm. Well, well, Mr. Lionstorm. you have a reputation uh, of two things, helping people disappear, but also finding people that need to disappear. And I have need of someone who can find people. Okay, I'm listening. And when you, wait, hold really quick. Just so you know, I'm not a hitman. When people disappeared with me, it was someplace safe. It wasn't, you know, somewhere in the lake. Oh, no, I, that's, <laughs> that's not, no, you misunderstand completely. No, we want, we want you to. You forgive me when mob bosses say they want somebody to find, like, disappear and stuff. Like, I make assumptions. Um, everyone make perception checks as you guys are here in this room. Um, wow, dude, way to stereotype. <laughs> well, I rolled a nat one of my perceptions, so I got a five. Ornan also got a nat one and got a one. Guys, the room's spinning a little. Sylvie got a 12. Mogram got a 19. <laughs> so, Sylvie, I'll say that you see that, like, decorating the walls, um, there are a couple of shields up here, like, set up. It looks like there are, like, it's designed to look like a great hall, but it's just kind of, 
it's kind of thrown together. Like the rugs are expensive, but they don't match. You know, there's no like the, the the couches and chairs that are here. They're not like matching sets. It looks like this is sort of pilfered goods that have all kind of uh, made their way in here because they were all expensive. But you see also on the wall, you see that there are some wanted posters decorating the walls. Um, Sylvie, you see the wanted posters, but Magram, you can actually make out what they say. Um, you see that one of them um, has what looks like a stylized drawing of Calum. Uh, and it says, uh, wanted Calum Skyweaver for organized crime against the Baron. Uh, and then you see the other one has a stylized image of, you assume it's this woman, um, this halfling woman sitting next to him, uh, but it's much more vague, uh, almost like nobody had a good description of her. But it says, wanted Kestrel Gamwich, wanted for crimes against the Barony. Um, so these two have their wanted posters decorating this chamber. So she's a Kestrel and a crow? Well, her given name is Kestrel. She didn't choose that. Her parents did. It's like bird, bird. She's <laughs> bird, 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 bird is the word. <laughs> so, um, Calum says, Mr. Lionstorm, I just need you to find someone for me. Bring them here. They'll be safe with me. I don't need you to hurt anyone. Have you heard of the silent voice? Actually, yes, I had heard the term. Well, I need you to find the leader of the Silent Voice. And if you can't bring them to me, at least tell me where they are. Might I ask what your intentions are with them? It sounds like they were, they might be in the same, um, of the same vein as I am. And I would hate to hobble their organization in some way. Well, let's just say that uh, your wanted poster has a, a sizable sum, but theirs is tenfold. So, you find them and tell me where they are, or I tell where you are. Oaken Throne, third floor, room with the window overlooking the entry. You spoke with the Baron the other day. You must be very important. And I have friends. Oh, yes, we all have friends. Yes, we do. That's why I'm giving you this opportunity. So if I understand correctly, the job that you want from me is to find the silent voice, bring their leader to you. Or at least tell me where they are, yes. So that you can collect the bounty on them? <laughs> yes. And otherwise I will be betrayed. Not betrayed. I mean, you broke the law. It's, I'm a concerned citizen. Passive perception for Magram. You see the halfling woman sitting on the throne next to Calum. You see her kind of um, not rolling her eyes, but you see her like uh, you see her eyebrows are getting furrowed um, like she's not necessarily enjoying this. Enjoying is the wrong word. This is not the conversation she wants to be having. Hmm. OK. So what do you say? What do you say, Wilhelm? Mr. Lionstorm. Well, I would want to talk it over with my companions first. If you'd give us a minute. Fine. Uh, take all the time you need. You can head back into the room, uh, the, the conference room behind you. Um, my bride and I will be here um, until you're ready. Your, your bride? My bride. He looks over Are at Are you Kestrel. one of those people who calls your wife your bride for like <laughs> 30 years? 
30 years. No, no, we're going on six years, though. Six years of bliss. And now you see that she does roll her eyes. Yeah, I'm going to gag. Anybody who calls their wife their bride after the wedding day has issues. (laughs) (laughs) You see this elf, um, Eldarin, the elf who, who brought you here. You see him stand up and walk over with you and motion to leave this this audience chamber, this this throne room. Okay, let's head out. As you guys move back into the other room, the room with that long set of tables and all the bedrolls, um, there you are able to speak. Eldarin, this elf, is going to stand kind of in the hallway, in that uh, that that archway that leads back into the throne room, um, and uh, and he's just kind of watching you. He's not crowding you, so you guys can talk, and and you guys can probably be, expect to be um, to not be overheard. Um, but he is watching you. I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's a hard no for me. Um... Can we can we go? You also notice, Magram, as you guys are talking, uh, you notice that those two uh, the two figures that were talking, uh, they were they were kind of sitting on a like a big pile of like pillows, random like really expensive looking pillows and like beat up old nasty pillows uh, with all these bedrolls. Um, they both stand up. They are um, one of them is uh, very very tough looking with a with an axe across her back. The other one uh, looks grizzled as well, but it has a mace on her on her belt. And they both go stand in front of the door to the south, heading back then into the tavern. The only way out of this room now that does not have somebody in front of it is the doorway to the east, which goes across that small plank uh, that goes over the the nasty, disgusting water. Yeah, I don't think we're getting out of here. Yes, they're, they're pretty determined to have us do their their work for them. I will say this, the individual that you were speaking with in there, he is... Almost assuredly a member of a Krahenest, likely of the faction of crows. Um, that means that he likely will have some ties to the Inquisition. But as is the case for almost all of these individuals that are members of the crows, they are more interested in power and influence and control than they are to subservience or rigid uh, adherence to the rules. Um that may or may not be something in our favor. Do you think there's anything you could say to him to maybe rattle him? I doubt it. And to be honest, I did not exactly leave on good terms when I departed from the Krahenest, from the Inquisition. I was part of the more academic side than the night owls. We, I, I specialized in... Um, the medicinal research and other sorts of arcane research that they were conducting at the time. But when I fled that organization, I was, um, I was high enough in the organization that I became privy to certain uh, elements uh, that were happening within. They sought me for a period of time. Granted, this was a long time ago, over a decade and a half. but. Regardless, the last thing I would want is for something to spread word that they potentially have found me. I gotta say, I'm a little excited. I haven't, I've never been stuck in a thieves den before. <laughs> I wonder what's gonna happen. You throw up. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ornan, what do you want to happen? Do you want to give this guy a bloody nose? Oh, gee, I I shouldn't like to bonk anybody if they're not actively hurting me, but I. I don't know. The room's spinning a little. I don't know if I could actually hit anyone. I mean, I'm 
not I'm pretty good to go, but Sylvia, are you pretty tapped out, Margram? I I mean, I guess I just could and Sylvia's kind of going to look both ways and just say, can we not just say yes and, and then do no? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I just think maybe telling them what they want to hear would be best for the moment. I would agree with Sylvie. As you are having this conversation, suddenly you hear calling out from the throne room. You hear a voice say, come on, I'm getting bored. Make your decision. And then um, we're trying to figure out how to lie to you. Give us a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You hear a voice. (laughs) (laughs) You hear a woman's voice say, hush. Um, And then uh, the uh, the noise coming from the throne room quiets down again. Well, honestly, Sylvie, I thought that maybe the Silent Voice would be an organization you'd be interested in. I was thinking we may even want to seek them out here anyway. I'm afraid, though, now, that if we say no, they know where we are. They know where we're staying. They they know what we look like. And if we were to go find the Silent Voice, they may be able to tail us and and locate them as well, even if we don't come back and report. I mean, that's fair, but that's going to happen no matter what if we try to find them. So we might as well just say yes now and, I don't know, try to shake the tails and be double agents. Honestly, I don't like being threatened. This guy, so pompous. That's that's my job. I'm supposed to be the pompous one. Should we put that elf on the shelf? <laughs> I do not think your ego is really the point here right now. Wilhelm. I know, but he's a bully. He's doing exactly the things that I tried to help people avoid. And he's doing a really good job at being a bully. We should maybe let him win it. Magram, you hear, as you guys are discussing, you hear a voice. You can't quite make out what it is, but you hear a voice calling from the throne room. And you see that this elf, uh, Eldarin, that he leaves and heads further into the throne room as if he was called by somebody. Uh, So he's no longer standing in the doorway. Um, It looks like they've summoned Eldarin back into the room. I have no idea why. Uh, He comes stepping right back out. He says, "Uh, excuse me, friends. Um... They would like to discuss something more with you. Uh, if you'll follow me back into the audience chamber. I'm going to head back in, again, holding the scepter, but this time ready to use it as a weapon if needed. All right. I'll, I'll stay in the doorway. Just, in, you, you know, just in case. Uh, Sylvia will follow Gee up. Magram. I, there you go. I was going to say, I see your token is still yeah. hanging out. Okay, there we go. Okay. Um, Guy, as you... And, and on this time, as a kind of a power play, I am going a lot closer to their little throne room, to their thrones. Okay. As you step forward towards the thrones, you can see that the the um, the demeanor, the mood has changed in here. Calum is now sitting uh, with his head in his hand, just kind of like... Um, flabbergasted is the wrong word, because just kind of like... Like you get the impression if he were speaking, he'd be saying, fine, whatever. Um, As Kestrel, (laughs) this halfling woman steps forward and she says, there's another option for you, Mr. Wilhelm. I don't know why my husband did not mention this before, but if finding the silent voice is not something you feel like you can do, there is perhaps something else you can do for us. Something maybe that doesn't um, stretch your morals, your your conscience quite as much. 
And what would and what would that be? Also, I couldn't help but notice you didn't refer to him as your groom. <laughs> That's. <laughs> she looks back at him. She's like, Caleb is a pompous ass, but I love him. And she turns back to Yugi, and she says, "There is another job that we could use some help with, that may be still in your wheelhouse. There is someone missing." But we know right where she is. We need her out. We need you to get her back to us. Is she an associate of yours or is she someone trying to get away from you? Calum says yes, as Kestrel says, she's my sister-in-law. And then Calum kind of looks at her and says, come on. She says, what? What? Calum's sister. We need you to get her from the castle and bring her back to us. From the castle? Is she in the... From the dungeons, to be exact. Ah. A rescue mission. Yes, rescue. That sounds a little bit better, yes. Is she in there for something she did? Like, is she guilty? And you want us to spring her out? We're all guilty of some crimes here. Calum stands up and says... I'm sure not. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb stands up and he says well yes yes I guess that is another option you could go and rescue my sister from the dungeons if you feel like you're up to it if if you don't feel that you can handle finding the silent voice for us and then Kestrel speaks up and she says Lorelai she has a loose tongue And we need to make sure that she is back to us before she lets anything out that she shouldn't. Ah, you don't want ships sinking. (laughs) Loose lips sink ships. Yes. What do loose tongues do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) I'll use my imagination. (laughs) Kestrel says. If this seems more your speed, Wilhelm, we will overlook you being here in the city. We will not report you to any authorities, not to the Church of Iona and not to the Baron as to who you really are. Um, And we can even get you into the dungeons without having to go through the castle. Even though, from what we hear, you have had access. It It was one time. Yes. Yes. Well, there's another way. And we can get you there. We just got named heroes, and now we're going to be villains. That's right. We're officially heroes of the realm. Well, not if you don't get caught. But I'd feel it right here. <laughs> in your in your tummy? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine, Scott, right now you're pointing somewhere, and we have no idea where it is because we're not in the same place. Yes, this is true. I did it's point just right to knee. somewhere it's just right on knee. my body. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is he's pointing with his stump, so nobody knows what oh. he's pointing at. <laughs> oh. This is true. This is true. What say you, Wilhelm and Associates? I'm going to make one roll here real quick. Give me one second. Ooh, we're a law firm now. <laughs> Wilhelm and Associates. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, we have wait. a party name now. Wait, that actually could be our party name, especially since we did so much uh, professional development in the first few episodes. That's true. <laughs> Wilhelm and Associates. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I actually kind of love it. I love it too. Especially since none of us go by Wilhelm anymore. (laughs) 
Well, it's a hard no for me, but I don't know what my associates have to say. I mean, I think it's up to you, Gee Wilhelm, Mr. Lionstrom. <laughs> you forgot to mention the shoe thing, the wooden shoe clopper maker thing. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. What's the time what's the time frame on this this mission? The sooner the better, Kestrel says. But I understand if you need a little time to prepare. Tomorrow would be as late as we would like to have you go. There's no saying what Lorelai has already said. And then Caleb kind of says, come on, she wouldn't. And Kestra says, Dit. I'm talking now, Caleb. <laughs> and he just kind of sits back. <laughs> what say you? I do not like the idea of being compelled into service. And so if we were to do this thing, it feels like we would need some sort of assurance that this is the last time that we would be called upon to to act in such a way. She she says, well, I will send Eldarin with you to help guide you, as well as to, um, to be um, a hostage should you feel you need one. And you see like Eldarin's eyes kind of get wide, but he doesn't say anything. And then she says, and what assurance could I possibly give you? Well, you could pay us. But not in coin. We would need some sort of information which would equal the scales in terms of balance. You know something of my associate here. We should know something of you. She looks over at Calum and she says, Very well. I tell you what. You go rest up, do whatever it is you feel you need to do to prepare. Tomorrow, when you come back and before we send you down into the depths beyond, you can ask me one question, and you can ask my husband one question. And he kind of kind of uh, sits down. He's kind of slumping in his chair, not like a petulant child or anything, but just kind of, it, it, this is not what he was hoping for, but he's not, um, he's not fighting against it, if that makes sense. She says, how does that sound? One question of each of us. We know of Wilhelm, but we don't know anything about the three of you, and that's enough for us. Okay. Um, I believe that could be fair. Well, um, then if we're in agreement, then I'll have Eldarin escort you out, and then you can arrive back here in the morning. Very well. Agreed. She sits down, she says, you're dismissed. And she kind of waves you away um, in a theatrical attempt to look regal. I want to punch some noses. Amazing. I love her. She's 10 out of 10 a queen. <laughs> Guys, I had an idea. We could come back with Gardenia. Shh. I was going to say that, but don't say it right now. Oh, sorry. I, I just think that that's the move, guys. <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm like imagining Ornan like sloppy drunk trying to whisper and it not going well <laughs> totally. at all. Yes. yes. Oh man, I was totally going to say that as like an idea, but later. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> Eldarin, um, he steps forward and he says, well, uh, please, let's, let's, uh, let's leave the presence of the crows. Um, and I will, uh, I'll escort you back out to the city streets. All right, lead the way. 
Okay. Um, as you move back through this uh, series of chambers, you move through the room that has the long trestle tables uh, and the um, and the uh, and the bedrolls. Um, these two um, these two uh, uh, tough figures that were blocking the door to the south have now moved back onto their pillows and they're just chatting again. But they're eyeing you as you walk past. As you move uh, south into back into the tavern, you hear uh, snippets of conversation. You hear somebody saying, "Yeah, the damp dudes. They're they're all dead. They got one of them in jail. But yeah, we don't have to worry about them damp dudes anymore." <laughs> and then somebody's like, "Even Leary?" And so like, "And Marvin." Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> as you guys move back through that entrance chamber um, in uh, and back up the stairs and into uh, chambers filled with sewage back out onto the street. Eldarin stands at this gate um, looking around before he opens it for you all to, to uh, vacate the premises and he says, come back here at first light and I'll let you in and take you back down to speak with the crows again. Um... Everyone make uh, insight or perception checks. Gee got another nat one for a five. Ornan also got a nat one for a four. Sophie got a nat so four for a four. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Save us, Mogram. Uh, Mogram got a 21 on insight. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. All right. So what you notice, everyone else is like, I think everyone else is kind of like sweating a little bit as you guys leave. Like, um dangerous place for you to be for sure asked to do a very dangerous task for sure Magram, as you are leaving you glance back at eldarin and you see worry on his face you see fear on his face uh, as you recall they said the crows said that eldarin will accompany you and this makes him very uncomfortable you are standing out there. He, he has not turned back yet to go inside. So if anybody wants to ask him anything, uh, feel free uh, now before he closes the gate and heads back down. How many of you guys are following us back to our tavern? Uh, he looks back. He says, well, I don't think any of us are following you anymore. We know where you are. Cool. So you're not watching us? <laughs> he winks at you. <laughs> But Magram, you notice that it is uh, it is a display of uh, confidence that uh, does not actually um, like it doesn't touch his eyes. You still see the worry in his eyes. Got it. Listen, El Eldarin is that it? Eldarin. Yeah, Eldarin. Am I Eldarin. saying that right? Okay. Yeah, Eldarin. Yeah. Eldarin. That's I Spanish can... for the Darin. <laughs> ah, Eldarin. <laughs> Eldarin, I can. I can tell that you are a little uncomfortable with this arrangement. Um, allow me to make something very clear. We are not naturally violent people, but we know how to handle ourselves. We have no intention of harming you in any way, shape, or form, but we are interested in protecting and preserving ourselves. And so, in order to do that, we need leverage. And you will provide us this leverage. Now, if things progress as we hope that they will, the situation will be uh, resolved in due time and you will have nothing to worry about and you can go back to your life as you imagine it. But in the time being, uh, we will require your cooperation with us. I think with your 21 insight, um, he nods. And uh, he says, don't worry. 
I will, I'll be very cooperative. We, we're going to need to work together for this to work. And he says, until tomorrow morning. And he closes the door, closes the gate, locks it, and he starts heading down the steps. Um, uh, Magrim, with your 21 insight, you can't shake the feeling. These guys are like infiltrators and bandits and ruffians and thugs and that kind of thing. Why aren't they doing it? Yeah. I mean, they have like, from what you saw, you saw at least 20 people in here. Some of them looked incredibly sly and sneaky. Some of them looked very tough. Um, All of them looked ready to go, right? Like they all looked um, uh, maybe not as strong or as seasoned or disciplined as you guys, but they all looked ready to fight, ready ready to... uh, you know, ready to defend themselves or um, ready to act. Um, why you guys and not them? Okay, you are now up on the street. Eldarin is gone and you guys are, it's probably about, I, I'm going to say like three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it is fantasy fall. I guess it's just autumn. It's not fantasy. Autumn is just autumn. (laughs) It is autumn now. And so the sun is starting to go down. It looks like you have another couple hours of daylight, uh, maybe like 5.30 or 6. It's uh, going to be pretty dark. So what would you guys like to do? Owen and I liked your idea. I think we should find Gardenia. She's a cop, right? Yes. I don't want to do crime. I'm not planning on doing any crime either. That's a line I, I don't think I'll ever cross. So you guys want to go find Gardenia? Wait, any, anybody else have on to weigh in? <laughs> I was ready to throw fists there. I, uh, I'm glad it didn't go to that. As you recall, uh, Gardenia told you that um, she is now stationed uh, in the high ward um, at the constable's um, at the constable's station there. The uh, the constabulary um, high ward is just south of Lakeside, which is where you guys are at currently. Okay. We could either head right there to Gardenia or, hear me out, we could go someplace that they wouldn't expect us for a clandestine meeting. I could write to Tobias and have Tobias summon Gardenia for us so we'd have a couple layers of, of insulation between us and her so that whoever's watching us wouldn't necessarily know right away what we were planning. Is she working directly with Tobias still, or is she doing something different now? I assume he has connections, right? He's still the Baron's best friend. At least that's what he let us believe. I would think so. I think he would know where to find her. What do you say? Do we find another tavern? A place a little farther off the beaten path? I'm going to need a lie down pretty quick here, especially if we're fixing to, to bonk some crows tomorrow. And I mean, I'm willing to try to shake these guys. I'm not so sure just going to a different tavern and and calling her through Tobias is going to be enough. Do you have another way? Well, no, I just I think maybe it might be best to just try to uh, go back to the Oaken Throne and get uh, get Ornan feeling better and then maybe just meet up with her there. Well, what about uh, what about your friend uh, Calden or uh, what was the name of the the caravan driver? You could have them go send a message for us. Oh, yeah, we could send Ryla. So here's something I just want to point out to uh, you players, as well as to all of our listeners. I handed off the character Gardenia and Calden to our players. So if you guys want to have conversations with yourselves. (laughs) 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 Sylvie, go meet Gardenia. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we could, I mean, we can head back to the Oaken Throne and see if any of them are there and send word through them, hopefully, maybe. Uh, but uh, there's also a chance they're not there anymore. Right now, we're just sitting around right outside the door talking. So maybe we start heading back that way. And if we can't think of a good way to summon Gardenia through someone else, we can just swing by the high ward. I think that is probably the best thing that we can do right now. All right, let's let's do it. Honestly, there's a lot to there's a lot to think about, but for for me, the most important thing is trying to take care of Ornin. Oh, Magrum, you're you're just just so kind. <laughs> well, who else am I going to stab in the neck with that weird metal thing that I have? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm getting Sylvie? accustomed to it. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, you guys start moving south through the city. Uh, you actually go in through the high ward. Um, you can see off to the west, you see the large Prolian archive sticking up uh, uh, above uh, above the, the rooftops. You can see the castle set on the hill, sort of in the center of, of the city. As you continue to move south, as you guys pass back through the square where the statue of Saskia, the, the queen of Oclaria uh, was, that old woman statue holding the shield, uh, heading back towards the Oaken Throne. Is there anything anybody wants to do before you get back to the tavern or to the inn? I still want to go gong that shield with my uh, scepter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ornan made a constitution save of 10. He's feeling a little better, but not great. Okay. But he does uh, see piles of vomit that he left there earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're still there. All right. And you guys are back um, here at this square with uh, with this statue. Um, and um, so uh, you all move up towards the statue, it looks like. Um, let me see here. Gee, uh, as I'll describe the this intersection again. It's like a T intersection. Uh, the road, the three road heads from the uh, from the east to the west, and there's another road heading further south. But in the center of this T intersection, there is this large round planter full of flowers. There's benches around this planter, uh, and then there is a little dais with a statue on top that has this um, this depiction. This one is weather beaten and um, and uh, worn down a lot more than the one that was underground. Uh, but it is this depiction of uh, Saskia, the last queen of Oclaria, before uh, she knelt to the might of Myrloff, to um, to King Astolfo. And uh, you see her holding this shield as she gazes to the west. All right, I'm going to approach it, and I'm going to say, I just got to give this a try. And I'm going to uh, tap on it. Uh, not so not so hard that it would like clang off of everything but you know just uh i guess like i'm playing a a mezzo piano note on the chimes okay the uh the shield is uh old and worn down and it's got a patina on it cuz it looks like it's made of of bronze or something um you hit it and you see some like metal flakes kind of uh fall off as it ding and nothing happens. Guys, guys, no, 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 no. When we were when we were down there, we uh, put the helmet on the head. Here. And Ornan pulls the helmet off of his head and says, why don't, why don't we try that? <laughs> You're going to climb up on this massive, like, 15-foot yeah, uh, yeah. statue. Sure. Well, maybe not me. I'm still feeling a little dizzy. Here, I'll do it. I have my, I have my uh, gloves of climbing and swimming. <laughs> Which haven't hey. come into play yet. All right, <laughs> do it. Stand on my shoulders. I'll steady you. 
Oh, yeah. When I was here before, I was looking for a plaque. I didn't get a chance to find it because we were interrupted and blackmailed by the mob. <laughs> but you do remember that there was, it looked like there was some discoloration on the stone where a plaque yeah, or a little had label a plaque. had been. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of, start, I was going to start kicking around there in the grass. So while I'm, look, while I'm doing this with the helmet, if anybody else wants to look around for it, I'll, I'll have a look around. Magrim seems to be really good at perceiving things. <laughs> okay. I'm climbing up the statue with the helmet in tow. Okay. Very good. Um, as you are climbing up the statue, you realize that the head of this statue is going to be way too big for this helmet, but it's worth a shot. How's it look up there? How many people are watching me? You know, people people are, are kind of moving through. This is a kind of a, it's not the busiest intersection, but it's a busy intersection. You see people moving through like uh, pushing wagons. You see like there's a kid leading some geese. Uh, you see that there's just a kind of a normal traffic in the city that you would expect. You also see on the corner, uh, you see a guard uh, has stopped and is looking at you. And um, from this distance, you're pretty sure you can see a little smile on his face. Like what? is this guy doing? I'll yell over, I'll say, her head looked cold, and I'll put, try to put the helmet on. <laughs> Ding, you set the helmet on top of the statue, and do you climb down or you leave it up there? I'm gonna sit up there on her shoulders for a little bit with the helmet on there, just, just enough time to see if anything happens. Got it, okay, and is anybody else kind of looking, looking around for a plaque? I mean, I'm kind of busy watching this dude climb up on the statue. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll catch you if you fall. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll look around. Okay, cool. Why you make an investigation check? Yeah, not very good. A nine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. As you're as you're looking around, I mean, it looks like you know you see that there looks like there was a plaque here as well. But I mean, there's lots of flowers here, and you start like walking through and kicking around, like looking for something. As you're standing in a flower bed, um, finally the guard kind of shakes his head. He starts walking over. He's all right, all right. Get down from there. Get down from there. I'll have you arrested for for public intoxication. Woo, party! <laughs> and I'll take the helmet and toss it down to Ornan and climb down. Ooh, okay. we got cut! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Never broke the law. Um, he's like, all right, get out of here, get out of here. And then he's like, you're messing up the flowers. <laughs> all right, you guys scoot on out of this square and head back to the Oaken Throne. Well, we've tried everything I could think of and nothing works, so I think there's nothing to that statue. Uh, let me move you all down out of the bathrooms <laughs> at the Oak and Throne. Oh, that's Who's right. We were, peeking, we were peeking at kids. <laughs> I'm back in our room. I think I'm in our room. We're <laughs> close to it. I forgot uh, about that. What? Yeah. How did you get on the second? <laughs> how did you get on the second floor? Here. Come on out here. Here you go. I don't know where I am. I'm lost and scared. Help, I'm lost in the open throne. I'm, I'm moving you all oh together, God, guys. Oh, between the walls again. I know, I'm stuck I'm in the I'm having wall. a really strange out-of-body experience where I feel like I can see through two people's eyes. Oh, like oh I can, shoot. I can see Calvin Silvercrest, like, resting in bed, and I can also see Ornan, like, walking into the bar. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who, who's this smiley guy? Uh, oh, he's just a servant. This is this is random male servant. 
All right. Um, as you guys enter the Oaken Throne, you can see that there are people milling about. You see that the um, the bartender is back. She's uh, serving up drinks. Um, she's this dwarven woman with dark brown hair. You see that there is a halfling uh, woman playing uh, like a lyre of some kind on the stage. Um, it's just a normal kind of afternoon, evening uh, at the Oaken Throne. Uh, you're a little bit early for dinner, so you know that the rush is going to um, is going to pick up at some point. Um, but yeah, you guys are in here. Are you guys going to order some food? What do you guys want to do here, uh, I guess, for the next little bit? I've been craving taters. I'm going to call it a night. See you in the morning. Okay. We'll come, we'll come get you if we have a conversation with um, our friend, the, the fuzz. I, I trust you. Just let me know in the morning. I, I'll actually go up as well with, uh, well, I'll come up in a moment, Orlin. I, I'll be preparing. I might know something that might be able to help with your sickness, but it'll take me through the night to, to prepare. Um, but before I go up, I want to talk with Guy and Sylvie for a moment. Sure, you take your time. I'm going to go have a little lay down. Okay. All right, you guys are. You guys get a table um, over in the corner. Uh, looks like the same table that Ryla had been sitting at earlier, but she is not here in the common room. Do I know which room is hers? Uh, no, you do not. Oh, that's right. Did she not was, get she that was far. in our room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's oh canon. Gosh. Is that, it canon? I don't think that, no, it's not canon. It's oh, not okay. canon. You literally shot her down the night before, and then jokingly you said that she was in your bed. So. Okay, so we need to get a hold of Gardenia somehow. And I don't see any of our friends here in this room. Sylvie, do you have a way to be extra sneaky? Maybe change your look a little bit or turn into some kind of animal to sneak over there? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, let's see. Right now, I don't really have a whole lot going on, to be honest. Um, best I could do would be a, a small illusion to create a distraction. Okay. Maybe maybe charm some people, but at this moment, I don't have a whole lot of uh, spell slots anyway. Um, Guy, with your kind of history of being, you know, in this kind of uh, underworld, uh, the seedier parts of town, you know, kind of uh, clandestine things that you have done in your past, you would you would know or you would assume that um, when they said that nobody was following you, that that very well could be true. Uh, it's not so much that nobody's following you. It's just that everybody is keeping an eye out for you. Does that make sense? And yeah. there are probably mm -hmm. eyes everywhere. Like um, these two shady-looking elves in the bottom, in the south end of the room. That's random elf and random elf. Yes, uh, they are eating a nice <laughs> meal of um, of lembas bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one small bite. <laughs> <laughs> one small bite. Mm, yum! I'm famished. I'm stuffed. Okay. Um, I could always go out and try to talk with her as well, uh, or Sylvie and I. We could go together. Or I could try the Tobias thing. Or we could wait here until somebody we know shows up and kind of get them to do it for us. What do you think? Well, it, it, is Ryla staying here? Like, I think we... She was, but maybe she's gone already. We might be able to convince the, the barkeep to just let her let us know what uh, room she's in and then she could help us find her friend. I just want to say real quick, I love that when I roll... 
when you guys are talking, I can hear the conversation stop for a split second <laughs> as everyone recognizes <laughs> something just happened. All right. All right. As you guys are having this conversation, Ornan, you head all the way up to the third floor. You climb into the bottom bunk because you don't want to even take the effort to try to get up onto the top bunk. I don't remember which bunk you were on. I think Ryla was on the top bunk last time. No, Ryla was in the bottom. Yeah, uh, Ornan called top bunk. So Ornan was in the top bunk. And Ryla wasn't there, apparently. Apparently it was just a joke. It's not canon. As uh, as everyone's talking downstairs, Ornan, you climb into bed. You are starting to rest. Ornan, you, you lay down. Your stomach is killing you. You have a headache, fever. You're breaking out in a sweat. And then you're freezing cold. It's the man um, flu. I'm not <laughs> sure drinking man. was the right call, but <laughs> I'm never going to tell them that. <laughs> as um as you're laying there um with your with your illness you don't even get to make a roll suddenly someone is standing beside the bed as you kind of crack your eyes open you see a figure um addressed in uh kind of ratty uh rough clothing you see there is a uh, this person is wearing a hat they're short probably halfling size uh slight frame but um uh, like dirty gloves on their hands oh, some kind of, of urchin of, of some kind but the voice that speaks to you you recognize you recognize from just an hour or so ago it's Kestrel. Knew it. One of the leaders of the Ravenstone clan. And she kneels down next to your bed. She says, do you remember me? She pulls off her hat and and, and reveals her face. And you recognize... Oh, of course. Quite the looker. <laughs> you recognize her face. She says... The bride. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm very happy that you took us up on our offer to go and get my sister-in-law out from the castle. But I need to change the job just a little bit. And she sets down on your pillow next to your head a platinum piece. And she says, I don't need her brought out. I need her silenced and silenced for good. And that is where we're gonna stop for tonight. Why are you making us do crimes, Paul? <laughs> I'm not making you do crimes. You guys don't have to do anything you don't want to do. All right. Well, very good. Hey, guys, thanks for playing. Why are we doing crimes? We're literally criminals. That's you true. guys have killed so many people already. Also, uh, by nature of like being magical and shit, like I don't know, we're already criminals. That's that's very true. Very true. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys for playing. It seems like um, something is not necessarily. Uh, let me start over. <laughs> Wait, like the whole episode? <laughs> Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like maybe the Ravenstone clan is not all of the same mind. All right. Hey, don't forget, everybody, if you're listening and you want to hear us talk about this episode, go become a patron um, at the $5 tier or above, and you can hear us and your neighbor's potatoes. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time.